Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. Well, you have your Bibles with you today. If you do, let me encourage you to open up to Exodus chapter 2. This morning, we're going to be talking about a mother's makeup. A mother's makeup. Wow. Uh, I know you think about uh, putting up, putting on makeup, but that's not where it's going. It's talking about what makes up a mother. And, you know, Mother's Day is a very important time in, in my life. I had, uh, you know, uh, a great experience, not only with mothers, but with sisters growing up and uh, with grandparents and, uh, you know, um, all of our family was so wonderful. All the women were so wonderful. The men were jerks. But, uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> they really weren't. But all the women were so wonderful that it's just, uh, and it puts a smile on my face to just remember the gift that God has given us in mothers. It was by his design. You know, before he created the world, he designed everything perfectly. And he gave us mothers to take care of us. In fact, uh, if you haven't yet uh, realized that somebody carried you for, you know, uh, reasonably nine months and never put you down, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's something uh, to be appreciated. You know, life is designed to grow bigger, however. Life is just designed to grow bigger than be, can, can, can be contained in a womb. Isn't that interesting? Life is destined, as life goes along, to fewer confines and to greater capacities. And the things that we face, even difficult things, even times of pressure, tend to open up greater opportunities and greater capacities and greater doors of expression in life. It's just how God has designed things that life is destined as it grows to fewer confines and life is bigger than the womb. Neither the womb nor the tomb can limit the plan of God. This is how God has decided that he's going to process our lives is that neither the womb nor the tomb can limit, shall limit the plan of God. The story that we're going to review out of Exodus chapter 2 today came during a, an, an exceedingly difficult time in the plight of the children of Israel. Uh, their lifetime was filled with difficulties, but this was an especially difficult time. They were living as slaves to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt, and they were multiplying faster than the Egyptians were willing to allow. The Egyptians were concerned, Pharaoh specifically, with the overpopulation among their captive workforce. And so Pharaoh's advisors convinced him that uh, he needed to order the midwives. He needed to make an executive order, which he did. And by the way, not everyone in Egypt was in agreement with it. We can see that the midwives weren't. We can even see that his daughter wasn't. But you know, not everyone in the king's house is in agreement with what the king decides. <laughs> and nonetheless, Pharaoh made an executive order and, uh, which um, said that the midwives 
were going to be forced to murder each new baby boy at birth and only allow the girls to live. You know the story. If you've been around uh, church or around the Bible very much, you know the story of what happened. You know, uh, Pharaoh felt that this would prevent any future uprising, any future revolt. This would keep the population uh, controllable and down to a reasonable size. And Pharaoh's executive order actually forced full-term abortions led by, uh, you know, these midwives. But, but when he ordered this, uh, the Hebrew women devised a different plan. They began to deliver their children before the midwives could even get there. They, they, they began to, you know, uh, uh, not tell anyone they were about to have a baby. And uh, such was the case with a woman named Joshebed. Joshebed was married to a Levite named Amram, and God had a plan for their children, specifically the young man that was to be born during the time that this executive order was in force. We're going to learn some great lessons today about motherhood that the Bible teaches us through this amazing woman, Joshebed, as we think about her, and not only her, but also Pharaoh's daughter. So in Exodus chapter 2, let's begin, if we would, reading verse 1. The Bible says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. Why? Because of this executive order that all the male children had to be killed at birth. Wow. She hid him for three months. She was going against what the law of her nation was. She was going against the word of the king. She was going against the, you know, all of what everyone else was doing. Everyone else was having to comply. Everyone else was being forced to comply with what the government was ordering. Verse 3, but when Joshebed could no longer hide this little baby boy, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and with pitch. She put this little baby boy in this little ark, in this little basket, if you would, and, and laid it in the river, laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister, this little baby's sister named Miriam, she stood afar off to know what would be done. You know, mothers come in all shapes and sizes and, and in all types and kinds and different variations. There are biological moms, which Joshebed was. There are adoptive moms, which the daughter of Pharaoh is about to be. There are grandmothers and stepmothers and mothers-in-law. There are foster mothers, spiritual mothers. There are mother figures at work and at school and, you know, all throughout life in our neighborhoods. What qualifies someone to be a mother, biological or otherwise? What is it? What is it that qualifies someone to actually be a mother? Well, there are three things we're going to talk about this morning that we consistently see in the Word of God. And we also see demonstrated in the lives of these two women. There are three things from God's word that have been confirmed since creation which go to make up a mother, a mother's makeup. The first thing, of course, that you would add and I would add to a mother's makeup, what does a mother need? The first thing a mother needs is a mother needs love. You know, and here on Mother's Day, 
it's important that we remember that love is the most necessary element to a mother's life. And you do not uh, have to be a biological mother. You do not have to be the one that brought a biological birth to someone to end up as their mother. As I said, the first thing that makes a mother is love. Look in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 5, the next verse. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked alongside the river. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it, verse 6. And when the daughter of Pharaoh had opened up this little ark, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And she knew that this was a lawbreaker. This was a deal breaker. This was something her daddy had ordered not to be done. She knew that, 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 that you know, this was trouble. This was um, potential pain, problems. But the daughter of Pharaoh, when she opened that basket, God opened her heart. Something miraculous happened. Something that God had planned before the foundation of the world. Something that God had placed in her life, he touched. Because when the daughter of Pharaoh's heart was opened, she opened that basket and all at once she fell in love. All at once, compassion poured forth from her and she met this little boy face to face, this little crying baby face to face, this little baby that her father, her household here had condemned to die for no reason. Note that it did not matter to her that the child was of another race, another skin color, another religion, from another culture, another custom. Note that it did not matter to her that some consider this little boy to be an enemy. This child needed her, and God had prepared her heart. That's happening all over the world today. It's happening in our communities. It's happening in our schoolhouses. It's happening in neighborhoods where children all of a sudden open up and touch the heart of someone God has already prepared to take on a motherly or perhaps even a fatherly role in their lives. You see, God had no doubt prepared her heart, and now her heart was filled with love. All of a sudden, she became aware that something on the inside had changed. All of a sudden, she come, became aware that, that she loved this little boy. It's a love which feels sorry for. It's a love that takes pity on. It's a love that releases compassion towards. It's the love that motivates a mother to take the next step. You know, we not only see that Pharaoh's daughter was moved with compassion, but she took the place of his mother. He needed a mother. She stepped into that role. Willingly. You know, by choice, she could have said, eh, push him back out there. She could have said, drowned him. That would have been the legal thing to do. She could have said, here, one of you girls take him. One of my maids, 
You know, she could have said, you know, take him back and set him down somewhere in the Egyptian camp. She could have done a lot of things. But when she looked at that child, the compassion that God had prepared in her heart, it broke open. It burst forth. And all of a sudden, she stepped into the role. She took the place of his mother. And later, she gave him the name of Moses, but also Joshebed, the biological mother of this child. She did not stop loving her son because someone else stepped into that place. She must have loved her young son so much to have risked his life to save his life. To have done the very best she could for him. She not only risked his life, she risked her own. She risked her family's. She risked their security to hide him. And then she risked trusting God to place him there in the hands of the Lord. What love it takes to trust it takes a lot of love to trust, and it takes a lot of trust to love someone else that's not like you, that you don't have to, that you could walk away from. She loved her son. She trusted God. Here's a picture of two mothers loving one child. Isn't that interesting? Two mothers. How can two mothers claim one child? It happens every day. It's happening all around us. It happens in divorce situations. You know, if anyone has experienced a divorce situation where children are involved, you would hope the next mother would love your child like you love your child. Would care and would take care. That's, that's the prayer. Two mothers loving one child. God has a way of opening willing hearts for children to be loved. Whether it's foster mothers or stepmothers or adoptive parents, whatever it may be. There's something resident in the life of a woman that God prepares them to be touched in a way by the child of his choice. So that their love would pour forth. Moses needed a foster mother. And God no doubt prepared Pharaoh's daughter. Such an unlikely candidate as it seemed in the natural. But just as God planned, God opened her heart and filled her heart with love. Of course, she had to be willing. Everyone can say no to the will of God. You know, God is not willing that any perish, but some will. You can say no to God. Mothers, unfortunately, and mothers chosen even by God, unfortunately, have the opportunity to say no or to halfway do a job. But we see in this case, the Bible plan is that God would feel a heart with love, a love that feels sorry for, a love that takes pity on, and a love that releases compassion toward children that may not even be your responsibility except God put them on your heart except God introduced this child to you maybe even from a different race maybe from a different religion maybe from a different culture custom background who knows but oh my what God can do with an open willing heart 
All the world needs a mother. God has designed so that no one is born without one. Love, how important it is for a mother. The second element of a mother that goes to make up a mother is care. It's not just love. Sometimes you can love someone from a distance. Sometimes you can love someone, you know, without too much energy, without too much effort, without having to do too much. Sometimes you can love someone without necessarily having to get up in the morning and get them ready for school. <laughs> you know, you can love without necessarily caring about them. But look in Exodus 2, chapter 7. Uh, then his sister, this little baby sister that was watching from afar off, said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called Joshebed, the biological mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said, to Joshebed, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. I will give you your wages. I'm going to take the responsibility and the care for paying for this biological mother to raise her child. I mean, what, what a fortuitous event. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Can you imagine going from a place where you're hiding, where you're afraid that you and your family are going to lose everything, perhaps be executed, and, 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 uh, and your children have to pay the ultimate benefit to a place to where now Pharaoh's daughter is paying you to raise your children? Wow. Only a great God with a great plan for children. You see, when God wants something done, when God wants a nation blessed, a family blessed, a people blessed, when God wants his kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ to be taken around the world, he causes a child to be born. And someone needs to love and take care of that child because children have to be paid for. They're raising has to be paid for by somebody. Not only did Pharaoh's daughter love and care for the newborn babe and willing to pay for it, and you know, she wanted what was best for the child. Best in many ways, no doubt. Best for now and best for the future. You see, God had a plan, and he was leading this plan through an open, willing vessel. Pharaoh's daughter was most likely going to have to go home and use these months that this child is being nursed and weaned, use these months to butter up her daddy, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, no doubt she had to send out a protective order as well to say that woman in, in, in that city, she now is under my protection. Don't nobody mess with that child. And then she has to go home and deal with daddy, you know, but, but oh my goodness, God has given women some wonderful attribute that if they will just, you know, just approach, you know, what man can resist a woman's desire for something that she loves, something that she wants. And by the way, it wasn't her money, it was daddy's money that, that was paying for the raising of this child. 
No doubt she buttered him up and warmed him up to the idea of having this little boy here when he gets to be, you know, a little older, maybe two, maybe three, uh, when the nursing actually uh, uh, is over in the weaning and, you know, to, to bring this young man into our home, into the palace. I mean, one day with the hope, she had the hope, I loved that child. I mean, that child was in her heart for years. I mean, even in the time that, that, she wasn't, that the child wasn't in her home, the child was still in her heart. And this love was growing and this care taking care, her investment was paying dividends to her as well because the door to the palace was continually held open for this child. Can you imagine? I mean, you know, once you get away from something, sometimes it kind of, you know, leaks out and bleeds out and you no longer feel as, 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 as close to that ice cream as you did when you were standing at the counter, you know, but that child must have been speaking to her the whole time. I mean, she loved that child and uh, she was willing to demonstrate that love at a personal cost. She knew daddy would eventually be okay with this. You know, God was working on him, no doubt, as well. But for now, she had to be careful and had to do it right. And in this brief time with this little baby at the river, this little baby got under her skin. And for the next 40 years, Moses became the unquestionable son of Pharaoh's daughter. Wow. He came to call this woman mother. You see, true motherhood, as God designed, whether biological, adoptive, foster, is a spiritual dynamic. It's a spiritual dynamic. You know, that's what Jesus basically, when he was born, God said that through the Holy Spirit to Mary. You'll conceive in your womb and you'll bring forth a son. You know, time in the womb. Time in the womb, it's, uh, it, it, it's that singular priority. It's so focused. It's a commitment that says, this is my child. Time at home is that commitment. This is my child. I am 100% responsible for this child. If they eat, it's because I feed them. You know, that's the way mothers feel. You know, that's, that's the way mothers feel over projects and things that God gives them to do and over visions and over ministries and over communities. The Bible says that Deborah was a mother in Israel, the prophetess. She felt that way. My responsibility. A mother says, if they eat, it's because I fed them. If they are clean, it's because I bathed them. And if they succeed, it's because I taught them. God intends for each child to be conceived in the womb, loved from the heart, and cared for by the mother without regard to personal cost. The third ordained element necessary for motherhood, which we see in the life of Joshebed and indeed all throughout the plan of God throughout the Word, is that of boundaries. Boundaries. What in the world do boundaries have? Love, care, boundaries. That's right. Boundaries. It's important, you see. Verse 2 in, uh, excuse me, verse 10, chapter 2 says this And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of water. You see, uh, ever since God presented Adam to his new, uh, uh, ever since God presented Adam with his new bride, 
when God brought Eve to Adam, Eve was the mother of all living, but God made it clear. The first thing that was declared, the first truth declared when God brought Eve to Adam is that Adam said, you know, uh, um, boundaries. You know, this is now flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. For this reason, a man shall leave. Oh, hold on. What? Yeah. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. Boundaries. You know, a mother can only go so far with a child. And a mother has to understand, I can only go so far with a child. I can only go so far. Somewhere, Joshebed, she had to push him out into God's trust at a very early age. She could only go so far. Then he came back, but then she could only go so far until he was weaned. She had to understand that these are the boundaries and, and, and accept some boundaries in life. Uh, you know, there just are. Ever since God gave Adam his new bride, you know, it's been clear that boundaries are necessary. And it's an ordinary part of a mother's makeup. Motherhood is God's hope for the whole world, but separation is a vital part of motherhood. Separation is an important part of motherhood. And if mothers aren't prepared for separation, they will miss one of the great joys and one of the great responsibilities of life. At some point, um, you know, your children leave and cleave. And if you cannot accept that there are boundaries where you stop and you aren't allowed to go any farther, you know, you aren't, uh, it's not that you're not loved and appreciated, it's just the end of that time and it's a boundary. You know, uh, it's designed by God. Galatians 1.5 says that, that when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, it was a boundary. You know, many women love being pregnant, but you cannot be pregnant for 100 years. Separation needs to occur, to, to occur. And if you aren't ready for separation, if you aren't willing for separation, most women are overly ready for separation, but, but separation has to occur in order for life to continue. Separation has to occur when a child gets to the point uh, uh, where, where they are leaving and cleaving. It has to occur. And mothers who are not prepared for this can not only have uh, you know, uh, difficulties dealing with that in their own life, but also create difficulties in others. The first boundary, as I said, that a mother has to prepare for is the birth of their child. For whatever time the child is in the womb, the gestation period of a traditional pregnancy, or any of the spiritual applications that apply. You know, uh, motherhood, uh, that special moment, uh, is, is so precious. But there will come a time whenever the child grows beyond the limits and the umbrella and the care Never beyond the love, never beyond the willingness to care, but certainly beyond the confines of the structure that protected them and kept them safe and led them and taught them and guided them. I often tell parents who are having difficulty with children, especially older children, children that are married, I tell them, listen, you are about as responsible for their life as your mother is for yours right now. When was, you know, your mother, when was the last time your mother told you no? Okay, then back up. 
And if your mother is still telling you no at 40, smile and pat her on the, you know, on, on the back and smile. But you know you don't have to obey her. Yeah. And she should know it too. Life, all life, is designed to grow bigger. It's designed to grow bigger than the womb and even bigger than the tomb. And when life can't grow bigger, you've seen those pot plants, that those trees in a small container that can't flourish because they can't let their roots spread as God designed. You have to give up to grow up, and you even have to give up to go up. This is the plan of God. So I leave you today with our hope that if you're a mother, you realize that the love that you have in your heart is a God-given love. It's a special love. And the care that you give is expected. It's necessary. Someone has to pay for a child to be raised. And personal cost has to be set aside for a while. And also... It's time to embrace a reality that boundaries are a process of life. You have to let go in order for a child to grow into the next season of life. Whether it's out of the womb or whether it's the family, prepare for it. It will happen mentally, emotionally, prepared for it. It's a healthy step. It should be. And prepare them for it as well. Moms, God bless you. May the grace of God, may the joy of the Holy Spirit, and may the peace of heaven be upon your life. It's perhaps the most difficult job in the world. You've been chosen. May God bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.